welcome to Collision Cast, the official podcast of Fender Bender Magazine, helping collision repair shop owners make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Fender Bender editor Todd Quartermeyer, and in this episode, we'll be talking with Thomas Patterson of Glass Doctor about the rising impact of ADOS calibration in the auto glass segment of the industry and how owners can prepare not only their shops but also their technicians for this brave new world. For more episodes of Collision Cast, visit us at fenderbender.com/podcasts or look for Collision Cast wherever you get your podcasts. And now, here's our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Collision Cast. I'm Fender Bender editor Todd Cordomar, joined here today by Thomas Patterson from Glass Doctor. We're going to be talking um, ADOS calibrations and some of the um, trends and, and issues in the industry with training um, and so on and so forth. So, uh, Thomas, thanks again for taking the time. Um, just off the top, um, wondering kind of what you're seeing as far as the state of ADOS calibrations in the industry. How's it growing? You know, what are you seeing out there? Well, I mean, it's it's growing leaps and bounds actually um along you know now that we have uh the only way to get a five-star safety rating now is to have some form of ados built into the vehicle so at this point i think every vehicle you see coming off the assembly line is has some form of ados um attached to it whether that's lane departure or lane keep assist or automatic braking forward collision you know there's a number of ADOS features now, um, blind spot detection, pedestrian detection, traffic sign. To, I mean, there's just a laundry list of items to be concerned about. Um, and so we're now seeing it on almost every vehicle that comes in the shop as far as auto glass replacement goes. So from our from the auto glass replacement aspect, I mean, if that windshield is replaced by every OE position statement out there, the camera has to be recalibrated and positioned back to zero on the X and Y axis, basically centered back out, or the system will be inoperable. So that's a challenge in determining what process you go about and how you go about performing those calibrations. Uh, So it's driven a lot of the business back into the shop, into a more controlled environment, um, which is nice for us, I think, because it's a lot safer environment it's a lot more controlled environment. We can control the ambient light and a lot of these ADOS systems are very complex and very sensitive to ambient light or distractions or anything that may interfere with the target targeting system of the vehicle. So, so we're seeing it quite the, a bit. Sorry, talk over you there. Um, do you think the auto glass component is sort of a, um, you know, maybe not as well, you know, not as frequently thought about um, as, you know, some other ADOS systems, you know, sensors and bumpers, things of that nature. Do you think the the auto glass component is sort of like a rising, you know, challenge? Yes, I believe auto glass is a unspoken, I don't know, uh, fear. I mean, it's new to our industry. We've been doing calibrations now about five, maybe six years, uh, and it's getting more complex. So for the auto glass industry, it's something that we've never had to deal with in the past you know it was something that was kind of reserved for the body shop collision dealer market and not so much the auto glass replacement field um so when they started saying that when the windshield gets replaced you know the camera has to be recalibrated all of a sudden it pushed it back to our industry and something that we quite honestly weren't familiar with so we had to become educated in a very short amount of time on 
you know, what are the steps to do this? How do we do it? How are the body modules and all the other components of that system integrated together affect things? You know, uh, if the car's out of alignment, if it's been in a collision, there's a number of variables that can affect that system. So first and foremost, we have to make sure that when we get the vehicle, it's operable. As long as the ADOS system is operable when we get it and there's no fault codes present, then we can generally calibrate it without too many issues. Um, it's when there are fault codes present that it now pushes it beyond our capability, I think. And then it puts it into the collision industry. So you kind of touched on it there. Like, what are the biggest challenges that you know shop owners are facing with this? You know, not only in terms of you know equipment and process, but you know training um, for techs. Like, you know, what do those challenges look like? I'll be honest, um, we don't know. Um, we have right now, you have very tool specific, scan tool specific um, training programs based on that particular tool. Uh, but when you start looking at OE equipment, OE tools, you know, very uh, manufacturer specific tools versus aftermarket tools, there's a world of just unknown. So I sit on the Auto Glass Safety Council ADAS committee, and we just met Monday here in San Antonio and discussed this very topic. Um, and we have a number of collision industry representatives on the board as well. We've met with the ASE, we've met with ICAR, we've met, we've tried to bring a multi-industry collaborative together to try and come up with, okay, do we create a certification? And if we do, how do we create an ADAS certification if you're only certified on a specific tool or a specific ADOS component and not the entire system? So in the end, I mean, we've had a number of meetings, but in the end, we determined that we just, we, we can't. I mean, um, so the collision industry and ASE and ICAR, and they're going to work on their ASE or ICAR certification and what that pertains to. and what variables that covers in terms of ADAS calibrations. And we're gonna try and, and follow their footsteps and work closely with them to try and develop our, some form of certification or training that we can put out there to try and keep everybody kind of in the same mindset, headed in the right direction, you know what I mean? Um, so right now we're in the very, very uh, elementary stages of developing a cross industry uh, training program certification type of uh, end goal result that where I guess the end would be where the auto glass industry determines okay now it's beyond our control and we can go to this point and beyond this point it needs to go to the dealer or beyond that it needs to go to the collision center or so we're all still trying to find our way through that um, to be perfectly honest with you sure um so as far as you know shop owners go like is there anything they can you know kind of do to prepare for you know this you know wave essentially that's that's coming down the line yeah i mean i think there is yeah i mean we have a multitude of resources out there um i know that icar has a lot of resources um collision news has a lot of resources the auto glass safety council has a lot of resources so bottom line is do your homework i mean they it's like anything else. You can't go into it uneducated because you're going to end up getting somebody 
seriously hurt or, or killed if you don't do things the way they need to be done. So really we work with tier one suppliers um, to the manufacturing industry. So Nippon Sheet Glass, Pilkington, um, you know, they're a scan tool manufacturer as well for calibrations. So we work closely with them and they're already three and four model years out designing windshields that already have futuristic you know multi-camera brackets and um, more and more integrated ados features working in conjunction with one another um, so i mean i've seen a 2025 jaguar prototype windshield that really is fully augmented windshield that you know kind of comes to life when you fire your car up and everything is there traffic sign recognition your nav system your phone your speed everything is up on the windshield in front of you um, ultimately I think the end goal ultimately, as far as I know, and I've done a ton of research, is they want the industry to get to vehicle to vehicle communication, basically where every car knows where every other car is at. And regardless of what the operator does, the vehicles themselves will prevent from colliding with one another. Um, that's the end goal. Um, as long as we can maintain that kind of link of communication, we're okay. Um, everything will continue on that path. So a lot of people think that the end game, I think, is autonomy, uh, you know, self-driving vehicles, but it's really not. In the end, it's more vehicle to vehicle and they're cognizant of where they're at and they don't hit one another. I mean, that's ultimately the end goal. I think. Avoid pedestrians, avoid other vehicles. So that's from everything I've been told from the ADOS design engineers, that's, that's their end game. It's not autonomy, it's vehicle to vehicle communication. Mm -hmm. um, what aspects, you know, at the end of the day, a windshield is still the windshield you expect, you know, the mechanics of, you know, repairing uh, windshields to, to not change? Well, everything's changed. Um, you know, as far as replacement of a windshield, that's changed to the point where if you do not perform calibrations in-house, then you, by our standard, you should avoid that. You should avoid doing that job altogether. Um, if you're not equipped to give that vehicle back to that customer in the safe manner in which you received it, then you should pass on the job and not do it. Um, so there's a lot of honor out there that people won't, you know, for instance, let me change your windshield. And when I'm done, Taylor, you take it to the dealer and you get it calibrated. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's not the right way to do things. Um, so as far as individual owners preparing, uh, my advice would be go to the ICAR website, go to the Autoglass Safety Council website, go to the tool manufacturer websites. Um, they're great resources. Uh, you know, there's a number of them out there with Autel and uh, OptiAIM and AirPro and Launch and Top Don. I mean, there's I'm right now at Glass Week, and there's I think 15 different calibrators down on the floor, and you know they're all obviously trying to get owners to come to their corner. But at the end of the day, owners are <laughs> owners are burdened with educating themselves first. That's first and foremost. So there's a lot of resources. There really are. Um, the industry, both collision industry, the dealer. OEM position statements and the auto glass aftermarket, we've put an abundance of information out there. 
um, that they can prepare and understand what they need to do. From that point, it's a matter of you choosing what system works best for your particular environment. You know, and some people will go strictly to the dealer and say, push all their customers to the dealership. And that's okay. I mean, that's one that's one way to do it. And that's fine. Um, there's other of us who want to bring that work in-house and take care of the customer. But you did mention a, a, a word repair, and I don't know if it was intentional, but that's okay. I'm gonna I'm just gonna kind of run with it a little bit. So stone chip repair is something that's a pretty big industry in the aftermarket. Um, and something that's becoming much more and more difficult to do because you have heated wiper park areas where you shouldn't do a stone chip repair. You have, uh, you know, um, hydrophobic sensors. You have condensation sensors, humidity sensors, rain sensors. And now you have optical cameras. You have thermal cameras. You have LIDAR. All these things that are looking through that piece of glass to where you shouldn't do a stone chip repair in the path of any of those things. Um, so it's making stone chip repair a more difficult industry. Um, but as far as replacement and owners preparing themselves, there's plenty of resources out there. So we've talked a lot about um, you know shop owners and professionals, what they need to do. Um, do you think that customers have an understanding of you know how complicated their their windshields are, their auto glasses, and you know? To what extent do you think owners need to, you know, educate people a little bit as, you know, these technologies become more commonplace? Yeah, owners, that's interesting you say that. Owners really don't know. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Most owners don't really have a, an understanding of how that system integrates and operates their vehicle. Many people in our industry don't understand. Um, but yeah, uh, owners don't understand. So there's companies like mine, and I could think of a, a number of others that, we put a lot of consumer education stuff out there. Uh, we have video loops we run in our shops. We have written material available. We have items on our website to help people understand the need for that calibration because a lot of people don't understand. You know, a windshield replacement, let's just say hypothetically, $250, $300 to have your windshield replaced. Well, now with calibration, you've just pushed that to a six, seven, $800 job and the customer doesn't understand why all of a sudden, you know, a year ago, their last vehicle, their windshield cost them $250. And now you're telling me it's $950 and they don't understand. Um, so then you have to start asking them, well, you know, when you don't, when you're not paying attention and your car starts beeping or vibrating or bringing you back into the lane all by itself, that works through your windshield. What? Yeah, that works by that camera mounted to your windshield and your blind spot detection and your cross traffic monitors and all those things integrated together to try and create this kind of circle of safety to protect you and the vehicle. Um, and so I think they begin to understand, but even then, I mean, with adaptive cruise control and there's so many things that have happened in my lifetime that, you know, people my age just, they can't comprehend. I mean, we didn't have cell phones when I was a kid. I mean, and now we have, you're walking around with a computer in your hand. Uh, it's the same thing for a car. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, what was one thing that you could think of that was in a car when I was a kid that people now would have no idea? And it's a headlight, high, high beam floor, floor switch on high beams. <laughs> they don't even know what that was. 
Um, so it's the same thing that holds true when, you know, people adaptive cruise. When cruise control first came out, you set your speed, and that was pretty much it. I mean, you had a coast button, and you had an accelerate button, and that was pretty much it. You hit your brake, and you disengaged it all. But now, even adaptive cruise control, I mean, you can regulate your speed, the distance you're following someone. It's just a world of technology that most most consumers just don't, they don't have understand what they're paying for. Um, they know that the vehicle cost them $60,000, and they know that it's supposed to stop and avoid a collision, but they don't have any idea how that works. In fact, a lot of them say, can you stop that beeping? Because it's kind of irritating me, and it beeps an awful lot. I said, well, that's because you're not staying in the lane too much. <laughs> it's supposed to do that. Um, but yeah, so no, consumers really, they don't they don't understand. Um, and it's going to take a long time, I think, to get them educated to the point where they do. Um, most insurance carriers understand now, I think. Um, a lot of dealerships and body shops understand now. I mean, we we were forced to understand as repair as the repair environment, the collision centers, the auto glass replacement industry, even some dealerships. I mean, we didn't have an option. We were forced to learn as quick as we could to prevent so that we knew we were doing it right. Um, and we're doing it as right as we know how. And we're doing it by following the engineer specs, by following what the OEs tell us. And we're doing it by learning from one another. So I think it's probably the first time there's been an inter-industry collaborative in the auto glass market and the collision industry trying to work together towards a common end goal. Um, that's not really been the case for a lot of years. Um, so it's really nice. It's interesting, and and it's really it's a nice thing to see the industries coming together. It's an interesting time indeed, and this is a big topic that I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you think is important for our listeners out there to know about? Um, there is. I, I would I would just if I could just put one statement of caution to every vehicle owner: um, know your vehicle. I mean, don't just buy a car and don't listen to the CD or whatever they give you to learn about your vehicle. Learn about your vehicle. Um, learn about its capabilities. But more importantly, do your homework before you hire somebody to repair your vehicle. Whether it's a collision, whether it's an alignment, it's a simple windshield replacement. Do your homework on who you're having do it because there's a lot of, unfortunately, the industry is wrought with fraud right now, especially on calibration. Because the simple fact is, if I don't do anything and I just leave that camera hang and replace the windshield and put it back up there, it may not throw a fault code, but it is not safe. It needs to be calibrated, actually calibrated. So I would just caution everybody to just do your homework on who you're hiring to do anything and make sure that they're doing it right. A great and important reminder and a great discussion. Thomas Patterson, Glass Doctor, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to, have, glad to be here.